Welcome to another episode of the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock, Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland, as always, in the home studio now, it looks like, the real home studio of Cynthia Freeland. Well done, we Cynthia. We are sans flood. We've got the internet. Life is good. No floods, no internets. Week three is looking A-OK. And what is the weather out in Hermosa Beach, California? Just really stick it all New York fans. Um, it's beautiful. It's like 75 and sunny and there's like just a smile breeze. That's pretty beautiful. Okay. Well, let's bring in John Polano right off the top, because as someone who is from New York, Rochester, the rock, as they say, Polano, isn't this weather in New York, like prime? Like this is what I get excited for. Oh. This is football weather. I will take 60 degrees, the light breeze, the leaves are starting to crinkle every day of the week. Yeah, so good. if I can wear longs and longs great, and be man. comfortable, day, one JD. I'm Come in. On. If I have to slap on a quarter zip or a pullover or a hoodie, I'm way in. Oh, no shame in that. I'm throwing on the hoodie, maybe no shirt, maybe a shirt underneath. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's the best time of the year. Cynthia, do you get that out in California or just not anymore? Um, not so much, although I do love it and I do miss fall. If I had to say like there's and fall in New York, especially, but I will take winter in Southern California and give up fall <laughs> in New York because I'm, I feel like I put in my time. I'm from Michigan. I've, yep. I'm done with the cold over it. Okay. We'll bring back in John Polano later. We have a loaded show. Okay. And before we check in with you in a little bit, this is what we have on tap. Cynthia and I are going to go over Jets pass a little bit. We're going to talk about what's different about this game, how big of a game this is for the New York Jets. And we're going to hear from Coach Sala, who caught up with Eric Allen earlier this week. Instead of doing Name That Jet, which Cynthia and I just absolutely crushed last week, we're going to do a little bit of a Mad Lib, and then we'll go on from there. So with that being said, Cynthia, this game is interesting to me. The Jets are 1-1. One one. They have a chance to be 2-0 in the division, a chance to be 2-0 in the conference, but yet Jets fans kind of still feel like the world is crashing down around them because they lost 30-10 to in Dallas to a very good team. What's your take on how much of a quote-unquote, for those listening, must-win game this is for the New York Jets? Well, it's always a must win. I, I feel like there's every game's a must win game when you only have 17 in an entire season. So yes, it's all a must win game, but it's an especially must win game because the Patriots, a division rival are kind of down some corners. So if you're going to take it, you got to get back on track. Look, the Cowboys are really hot right now. And the fact that they only lost 30 to 10 after everything that's happened on a short week, with a lot of changes. I actually think it was positive because when you rewatch that game, there were a lot of really good things happening. So just, just don't look at the score necessarily and move forward and say, okay, in this game, let's focus on if we can have a nice connection between quarterback and pass catchers and exploit the fact that the Patriots are missing some pieces in their secondary. And when you saw them miss those pieces last week, they were giving up a bunch of yak and that's a good thing for the Jets. And going off of that, though, can we talk about Christian Gonzalez a little bit? Because I feel like last week when he gets the pick on Tua, the Twitter timeline was like, oh, how could this guy again fall to 17 to be in Bill Belichick's defense? Like, what's the book on Christian Gonzalez? I mean, Christian Gonzalez sacked Jalen Hurts the first week, too. He's just good. Like, let's just like it's he's a really good player. 
I actually was very surprised he fell to 17 just in general because every single team could use an extra corner, maybe not the Jets, but everyone, you see the difference between the pre-sauce and the post-sauce defense, and it's a pretty big deal. So there were probably 16 teams that were like, well, we could have used this guy, or at least a few of them. So I was surprised that he fell to them. But the, the reality is, is scheme matters and who you're coached by matters. So in, in the same way that Sauce benefits from a guy like Robert Sala being his coach, so too does Christian Gonzalez benefit from the fact that Bill Belichick, who everyone's like defensive mastermind, he's playing chess, everyone else is playing checkers. Like that helps Christian Gonzalez as well. What about the injuries that you kind of alluded to earlier in terms of the Patriots secondary that the Jets offense could potentially exploit? Well, now you're not going to be able to line Christian Gonzalez up in the same spot to be able to get that coverage sack. You're just going to have to play a little bit more conservatively. So that type of thing and exploiting the fact that, like, you know, they're going to have to drop back in coverage because they don't have numbers. So they won't be able to be quite as aggressive. That's a big deal because we know that with with time, Zach Wilson, especially to, you know, another guy named Wilson, (laughs) is a very, very difficult combination to defend. And. For what it's worth, Christian Gonzalez had a 82.6 PFF grade, which was third among rookies. His 81 PFF grade for the season leads rookies at sixth in the NFL. Sixth among all cornerbacks with at least 50 snaps. Definitely somebody that the Jets have to worry about or keep an eye on at least because it, he what he's doing is a very impressive. And this Patriots defense, Cynthia, is consistently good, right? Like... I think Robert Sala, and you'll hear from him in a minute, he he says this when he spoke to EA, that this team is underrated, the Patriots. Like, people kind of, like, write off the Patriots, it feels like, but this team is still fundamentally sound, and they don't turn the ball over a whole lot. Maybe they're not as explosive on offense as they once were, but that does not mean they're a bad team. No, I, I also think that, like, the division in general is so difficult that – just because they might be the fourth best team in this division, like that still means that if you put them in a, that doesn't necessarily mean that if you put them in another division, they would be even second worst. Like they would be a lot better if they perhaps were in the NFC North or something like that. Right. So, you know, the reality is, is unfortunately for the Patriots, the fact that they don't have a world beater quarterback ahead of the season or two running or two wide receivers, excuse me, that feel like, you know, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle felt, then you probably saw a little bit more of like, well, can Bill, it, it really, I don't necessarily think that anyone was questioning the Patriots defense. I think the questions were largely surrounding is Mac Jones, the real deal. Can Bill O'Brien fix, I'm putting that in, in quotation marks him or, you know, did Matt Patricia break hit like these silly things right so I think that I don't think it was the defense that was underrated I think it was the offense okay that's interesting and so far through two games the offenses without Tyquan Thornton who I guess you know I don't really know what his role is in that New England offense and it feels like New England's got a, a number of guys but I don't really know who the stable go-to option is and like is that guy Hunter Henry I mean, I'm, I think they're like, Vegas, um, can we have Jacoby Myers back? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 
that would be an interesting one, right? Like you obviously saw Kendrick Bourne have a really breakout game week one, two at trips to the end zone. And Hunter Henry's had two touchdowns in two games. So I do actually think that like the tight end is a thing here because if you look at where Mac Jones is great, it's on quick passes, sometimes quick passes that are within that short range, quick, short passes that kind of gets him on track. So when it's not Ramondre Stevenson, it's probably Hunter Henry at this point, especially against the Jets defense with the type of pressure that they're going to be able to bring. But I don't know, you know, it's, it doesn't, I'm going to say like, it feels like it's not Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. but that's about all I know. Yeah, right. Like, it's it, weird. like I, I guess you thought Juju was going to be a more instant impact player, but he wasn't even playing the full contingency of snaps. So maybe he's in, I don't know. Maybe he's not a hundred. I'm not sure what it is. Like I wish Bill Belichick would, would tell us, but yeah, me too. I'll share whatever Bill tells me. I'll share with coach Sala and then great. With then the we'll group chat? Yeah. Send it to the group chat. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to the group chat. No problem. <laughs> Heads up Jets fans. There are more identity threats than most people realize, and you can't catch them all on your own. It takes a team. LifeLock catches the identity threats you could miss. If something happens, your own U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. Backed by our million-dollar protection package. Plus, Jets fans can score 35% off their first year. Go to LifeLock.com Jets or use promo code Jets at checkout. That's 35% off LifeLock.com. I think it's interesting, though, because, like, New England, I think he was just asked about this. In his press conference today, Bill Belichick is like, what is the offensive identity? And he goes, well, we've won games where we've passed for three times and we've won games where we've passed 50 times. So it's kind of like a chameleon attitude. Bill O'Brien is now the play caller. That's new. Hunter Henry leads the Patriots with 11 receptions and 102 receiving yards. But in terms of wide receivers, like this is this is where, where I think the Patriots offense is so interesting. It's top three receivers as in terms of receptions and yards, the number one is Hunter Henry at tight end. Number two is wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. Number three is running back Ramondre Stevenson. So clearly spread the ball to a number of different players. There's just not like, there's not that guy. There's not that guy. And I don't know what that says about an offense, but it's got to say something, right? Yeah, I think the thing is, is where are you like the big dramatic splits for Mac Jones have been with play action and without play action. And now there's a little asterisk there because you can't really get play action going. And it's unfair to sort of judge a quarterback on play action passing if there's no run game to speak of. Right. So when you're looking at his ability and last year when the run gate, when they weren't tricking anybody with the run game, then it looked a little different. But this year, now that play action is back, and if you look back to his first season with the play action opportunities when they had a good run game going, then things were way different. So if they can get play action going, then I actually think it will ultimately probably be Kendrick Bourne based on the routes that he's running. Mm -hmm. But again... The, the Dolphins are able to bring the heat. Maybe they don't have like some of these like, household names for pass rushers. And we did actually see Bradley Chubb play a little bit better this last game than he did the first game against the Chargers. But, you know, they, they were able to bring a number of pressures his way and he was able to use the outlet of Hunter Henry. But, mm. you know, that's the same thing with the Eagles. So like these are some like it hasn't been a, an easy start for Mac Jones in terms of the defenses that he's faced. So, you know, it's, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see maybe not this week against the jets, but before that second meeting with the jets, it will be interesting to see against teams that aren't as 
mean with the pass rush if he's able to look a little bit different or grow in a different way this season. But, you know, while you're still pass rushing, it's probably still Hunter Henry. You know, it's interesting because the Jets play the Patriots, of course, in week three. Then they don't go up to Foxborough until week 17. So obviously, like, that's a big gap of time between these two teams. And obviously the football season will pretty much be all, most of the hay will be in the barn, almost all of it. Hopefully that week 18 game means something for both teams because that would be very exciting in Foxborough. I think a lot of fans listening to this or watching this will be surprised to hear that Mac Jones leads the NFL in both completions with 66 and attempts with 96, which doesn't really feel like a Bill Belichick offense and I know that Bill's not calling the plays. Bill O'Brien is. But it just feels like a, it's not the same team. And you're, you're talking about good defenses. Well, the Jets sacked Mac Jones last year 12 times. Six at MetLife Stadium, six in Foxborough. Patriots feel like they're a little banged up on the offensive line. This has writing on the wall, Cynthia, for like a get-right game. It feels like it, right? Like, and, you know, we've seen weird things before. You also have to make a note here for Mac Jones that they haven't been playing with the lead. You know, like they, they, the interesting part about both of those games, I mean, the first game they dug themselves into a pretty significant hole against the Eagles. And then the second game, it was the same thing with the, I think they, they didn't have their first lead until, I don't know, whatever. And then they lost it in, in the fourth quarter, like very quickly. It was very back and forth at that point. So they're, they're not playing from an advantage situation because obviously you really wouldn't like Mac Jones this early in the season to have to throw that many passes. Just no quarterback would like that, you know, like it, it, no offensive coordinators would be like, Let's go out there and have him throw 100 passes in two games. Let's do that against these awesome defenses. <laughs> like, that sounds great. Like, that that sounds like no recipe for turnovers. It sounds like, you know, nothing. And now he gets the Jets. And ha- welcome to the NFL, Mac Jones. You know, like, welcome to mm-hmm. 2023, Mac Jones. So it, it's it's a little, you know. But I think he – I will – you have to give credit where credit's due – he does look to be improved this season. Like I'm, I think he's played considerably better. I think Bill O'Brien's game planning has been significantly, you know, less easy for defenses to figure out. And, uh, you know, I don't want, I, I kind of want everyone to have a good quarterback because I want to see like my chess game versus your chess yes. game. Not like my team beat up on your ha- second yep. string guys. Yeah, you know? I, I agree with that. I think it's, it's inter- I'm so interested to see what this game will look like. There's so much at stake here for the Jets, obviously. The Jets are 1-1. One one. They have a chance to break their 14-game losing skid against the New England Patriots. If they do win the Jets on Sunday, that means that the Patriots will have started 0-3 for the first time since 2000. And that rookie, Tom Brady, at the time, only made one appearance as a backup. That New England team finished 5-11. and How about this? Bill Belichick, for the first time in his tenure with the Patriots, the Pats have not led at any point through two games of the season. They're one of three teams in the NFL to do to not lead at any point in 2023. Right. And then here's the interesting number, which I uh, I mean I think all these are interesting. But the Patriots are one in 17 when allowing 25 plus points since 2020. The Jets have scored 25 plus points just four times with Zach Wilson as their starting signal caller. So let me ask you this before we hear from Coach Sala, before we get to our Mad Libs, how did the Jets get to this Magic 25 number? Brees Hall, 
You know, like I, th- I think the reality is, is to be smart about the play calling. We know Zach Wilson has a great arm. There's no question. And we know Garrett Wilson is the best catcher in football. Like that, he already had the, the, the season highlight. He already give the man the SB already. Like it is there, but you know, like, look, like we know that that's the case, but the, the reality is, is like control the football ball control and not letting Mac Jones even have any opportunities or Ramondre Stevenson, who we know, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson can use those 10 plus yard carries, like very, very significant. Like they, they can figure it out even against the best defenses. So the, the reality is, is to control the ball possession. It may not look sexy. It may not be a 70 yard bomb, you know, or let's hope it's not a crazy end zone catch that requires Garrett Wilson to have like, like mind control tricks <laughs> over the ball. Like mind let's control. hope it's not that right. <laughs> like it is, it's, he was like inceptioning it. He's like, come back to me. I will. Like who has better focus? You know who doesn't have ADD? Garrett Wilson. That's what I'm saying. So the truth is, is, you know, control the ball possessions and figuring out a really strong, like short pass run game and, yeah. and letting Brees Hall add some explosive plays before you need them on early downs. I think it's a great point. Brees Hall will be making his Jets Patriots rivalry debut Sunday, which is which is big for me. And uh, because I think that Huge. that. He could be a game changer. I mean, you saw it Monday night against the Bills in week one. He could potentially be a big reason, just like Garrett Wilson said on ESPN Radio with Barton Hahn. Like, there's a reason why the Jets drafted players like Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, et cetera, to snap skids like that. Garrett Wilson was like, I'm 0-2 against the Patriots. That's unacceptable. I know that I walked into a situation where the team was have in, already in the midst of a skid, so he's here to snap it. Uh, you said mind control, mm-hmm. and I just want to bring this up before we hear from Coach Sala. Have you seen the movie Dinner for Schmucks? No, oh, I need to see okay. it though. I keep it like comes up on my things every once in a while. I'm like, oh, I keep needing to watch that. It's good. I I thought that it was a direct. Um, I thought you were pulling a line from there because in that movie they oh. talk about brain control and it's hilarious. And I I I love it. Thought, I'm gonna have to watch it this week. Polano, have you seen Dinner for Schmucks? I have not. Okay, I have not. No. Polano, were you born in the year 2000? I was, I'm technically a 90s kid by about three months. I'm A 90s kid by three months. Okay. Well done. That's, don't ever say that again to this crap. (laughs) 1999. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what? It's better than 2000. Cynthia, right? It's got to be. Slightly. It's three months better than 2000. (laughs) Yes. It's three months better than 2000. Ouch. Yeah. Well, sit on that. Don't go anywhere because here's Eric Allen with Coach Sala in an exclusive interview. Big picture, what do you think about where you're at after two games, one and one? And I'd make the argument that you just probably played two of the better teams in the National Football League. Yeah, no, it's um, we played some good ones. Obviously, we're coming off a super exciting game Monday night and uh, a not so exciting game against Dallas. Uh, it's part of the roller coaster of the football season, uh, part of the adversity that we'll have to face week in and week out. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is when you get knocked on, you got to pick yourself up, dust off, and, uh, and get ready for the next one. We got a big game this week with another division opponent, and uh, that uh, this organization we haven't beaten in a long time. So it's, it's a big one. How has your group handled the adversity to date? You play that Monday night opener, you lose your starting quarterback after four snaps, three reps, you spot them at 10 point lead you come back and it's an emotional victory then you go short week you play the cowboys in a home opener you don't play up to your standards and they play at such a high level yeah um you know it's it's 
there's no excuses for anything. Obviously, you gotta you gotta strap up. When you gotta strap up, you gotta strap up, and you gotta go. And uh, you know, we were just a step off. It felt like um, both sides of the ball, especially early. You know, in, in that first quarter, we had many opportunities to get some third and manageable situations, either off the field or to stay on the field. Uh, they did a really nice job executing staying on the field, and we did not do a very good job executing to stay on the field. And that leads to more plays on one side of the ball, which leads to exhaustion and a bunch of things that snowball. But uh, again, it, not making excuses, more of just trying to ex trying to provide context. But um, you know, it, it's unfortunate the way the game played out. It was a very odd game in the way it played out. Uh, but um, you know, at, the, at halftime, still had ourselves with the coming out of the locker room, uh, one one score game with the ball. Uh, you still feel like all the despite all the things that happened in the first half, you still had a chance. But um, it just like I said, it was just one of those unfortunate days, and we just got to pick up and, and do it again. In the plane afterwards, or maybe when you're trying to get a couple minutes sleep, do you think about the sauce play up the sideline where he steps in front of CD, or maybe <laughs> the Zach where he's got Garrett in the end zone right before? Yeah, the, the, do you think um, about those plays? Uh, quickly. I mean, it is what it is, right? Um, feel very good about the fact. I mean, if, yeah. He brings that down. It's 14-10. We're up, and the whole game shifts. You know, uh, the play caller calls it differently. The quarterback's thinking about it differently. It just everything changes. But um, we didn't make the play. They did, and uh, and that was kind of really the story of the game in the sense that um, every opportunity, every turning point that could have been had during the game, and there's many turning points in the game, uh, whether noticed by the fans or not, but. It just seemed like every turning point went their way, which, again, credit to them, they were on it. How important is rhythm and game flow for play callers and the players themselves? It, it's, it's everything. You know, you look from an offensive perspective. Uh, I'd mentioned it at the two-minute warning. Uh, they, had, they had 50 plays of offense, um, and we had 13 at the two-minute warning when we had that, before that two-minute drive that led to a field goal. So in 13 plays, you're also talking about a couple of second and longs, a couple of third downs. Um, and so you're, you got maybe like seven or eight plays where you're actually in normal football and uh, where you can be run or pass. And it's just, you're not gonna get a lot of opportunity. You're not gonna get into a flow. You, we hadn't even gotten out of our first 15 plays yet. We're in the first 15, you're trying to learn about the defense and you're trying to gather information. So there's just so much information. So you go into the second half and you still don't know anything because you haven't had any plays to really identify. You haven't been able to execute your game plan. So it does, it's very disruptive to the flow, especially when, when a lead is, uh, is growing and you're, and you're trying to, to make the changes you need to make, but you're just, you know, the information isn't all there yet. How much do you welcome a traditional week? You open up Monday night football and then the short week in Dallas. Now it's finally week three and you have a full week. Yeah, no, it's good to get a, uh, a routine, I guess you could say, where it's uh, a typical off day, and then you got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then play a game on Sunday at 1 o'clock. It's typical, but it's also enjoyable to have those night games and those 4 o'clock games because it means you're, you're, you're relevant and you're doing something. But, um, you know, we've got to take care of business and make sure that we still approach each game like we always do. How tricky is the offensive puzzle right now? you got a coordinator who's implementing his system, you got a young quarterback who's learning the system. You have an outstanding running back who's coming back from a knee injury. And you have an offensive line that is playing just its third game together. Yeah. Um, it's no excuses, right? Um, but we knew there was going to be some hiccups along the way. But 
I, I don't look at uh, the Dallas game as a hiccup. You know, it just a, uh, like I said, it was on a series of unfortunate events that led to a lot of just not a great game from anybody. But uh, still excited about the direction we're going. We had, like I said, a very good training camp, albeit uh, Aaron was getting the reps, but Zach's capable. I think he showed that in the first half. You know, I think he showed that through three quarters. Um, and uh, and despite the fact that it was under duress pretty much the entire game, and more credit to those guys than anything else. But uh, you know, so we're like I said, you got to get back up on the horse and get get going again. And uh, you know, we've got to put that game behind us and look forward to, to what we got next, which is New England. Specifically, though, what did you like about Zach's game? I mean, that first pass to Lazard, he put it right there on target. You talk about Garrett's touchdown before the end of the first half is when that pressure was coming towards him he was calm there with his feet and he used his legs and he talked after the game about seeing it real well yeah he I thought he he did a really nice job um, uh, the things to be excited about his pocket presence was much better um, he stood in there and delivered strikes his accuracy was much better um, his timing his footwork and rhythm was much better um, even in the third quarter, again, we just didn't get a lot of opportunities, had a fumble, had a three and out, but uh, um, it wasn't until the fourth quarter when he was trying to force things to make things happen that things kind of got out of whack. But I, I just thought, for the most part, it was, even though you can't really see it, I think it was very promising. And speaking of promising, I want to go back to your defense just for a second. You open up against Baltimore last year, and then Cleveland, I believe, was week two, and they had their moments, but they started hitting their stride later. When you look at like the first two games, outstanding week one, and then obviously Dallas played very well offensively, but is there reason to think that this defense is just getting started? Yeah, um, Dallas was outstanding, you know, and uh, we, like I said, we're maybe a step off if you want to give it, but. You know, credit to Dallas, too. Uh, McCarthy took over. A lot of unscouted looks in terms of just them implementing a new scheme uh, with the guys that they've had there for a while. And uh, um, But at the same time, there's we had many opportunities to take advantage of that football game. We had uh, Sauce force the fumble that, you know, again, credit to them, old lineman running 30 yards downfield, uh, hustling. Um, uh, interception for a touchdown was right there. Uh, we had an unfortunate... Uh, uh, roughing the passer penalty on JFM that is questionable that sh that's a five-point difference right. so there's just a lot of little things in that first half that kind of uh, uh, took a toll but uh, but at the same time like <laughs> we got a good defense and um, and if a team has to play like that to, to put up 30 well good for you you know and it's uh, and they again credit to them they played outstanding but uh, I'll still put put our money on, on us more often than not how about the red zone defense? They don't go two or six. There was one point they had first and goal from the one, and they didn't get in. Yeah, we, we, always, we always say give us a, a blade of grass and we'll protect it, right? Uh, that's kind of the mindset. And, um, you know, especially in the second half, uh, there were some short fields, obviously, with the takeaways and all that stuff. But uh, I, thought, I thought defense played its tail off all the way to the end. Um, obviously, we gave up the two touchdowns. Uh, one of them, I think, was undeserving. Uh, but... It is what it is, and um, you know. So it was. We fought. The players fought, and uh, uh, a testament to the red zone defense and to be able to stand up to keep them out of the end zone and uh, to hold them the field goals. And um, you know, so it's 
if there's one thing I know about the, that we know about our guys on defense and offense and this locker room, it's just a resilient bunch, and uh, they'll they'll continue to fight until the end. So the Patriots are coming to town. You got a chance to go two and zero inside the division. You said Monday that this team is underrated when you're talking about the Patriots. Can you speak to that? Yeah, you know, like um, first. First of all, they've got tremendous continuity from a coaching staff standpoint. You know, they've all been there for a while, so they, they know what they're coaching and, and every snake in the grass because they've been together so long and they've, been, they've implemented their schemes, they've seen everything, and they know, how to, they know how to game plan in a way that fits their style of play, and they have players who have been there long enough to know it too. Uh, so they're very sound, they're very disciplined, they play a very patient style of football. Um, you know, you look from an offensive standpoint, everyone's trying to talk about their demise, but they've played two of the better defenses in football. And they put, they had 82 plays against Philadelphia, they had 75 against uh, um, uh, Miami. So they're hold, they're possessing the ball, they're moving the ball, uh, albeit it may not look explosive, but they're moving the football. Uh, they play clean. Um, and then defensively, they, they have one of, the, one of the top units in football, uh, very underrated unit, again, Philadelphia is an explosive offense that they kind of held that they held down, and same thing with Miami, and uh, so it's a much better football team than people probably give it credit for, and uh, and it's going to definitely be a, a tremendous challenge on Sunday. I'm not going to talk schematically about your plan, but you talked after the game immediately in Dallas about, hey, they played a lot of single high, they loaded the box. Do you anticipate New England doing that, or they're such a chameleon? themselves as you never know what they expect. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It, and, and the reality is it, it doesn't matter whether they're two high, one high, five down linemen, four down linemen. Um, you got to be able to execute your plan, whether it's running the ball, passing the ball, whatever you might whatever you might try to do it. You still got to go down and execute. You still got to block the man in front of you. You still got to get the ball to where it needs to get to, and you still got to be able to find the holes when you if you're running it. So, um, you know, they've, they've got their style of play. Um, they are multiple. But at the same time, it still comes back to us and our ability to execute at a high level. And, uh, and when we do that, we're pretty damn good, too. And, uh, and that's, gonna, that's really the key. What did you think about the atmosphere at your place in week one? And what do you anticipate the environment is going to be here at MetLife on Sunday? And also, how much of a factor can the crowd be? Uh, crowd is a, big th- is a big factor. I'm telling you, that, that uh, stadium... Uh, knock on wood, I've, I've been in every single stadium and every environment that you can imagine, and that was as good of, good of an environment as I've ever been in. I mean, it was unbelievable, and I've been in some really cool stadiums. And, um, but, um, you know, the fans, fans, you know, when I was in Seattle, like that, that 12th man was real, crowd noise um, affecting, the game, being a, affecting the game in a positive way. And, and I felt like in week one, our fans definitely affected the game in a positive way, and I'm excited for them to do it again this week. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Welcome back to the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock. That was EA, Coach Sala. Great stuff from both of those guys. John Polano in the house. It's time for Mad Lib. Cynthia, this is a new segment, so we're going to give it a test drive. You ready to roll? Love it. All right, Polano. Fired up. Yeah, so one of my favorite parts of sports journalism is that we listen to all these guys talk all week. Robert Sala, OC Nathaniel Hackett, DC Jeff Albrick, but we can only get so much game plan from them. So why not just like design our own using Mad Libs? Does that not sound like a good idea? I think it sounds like a great idea. It's like a great idea. Yeah. So 
Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask, we're going to go back and forth between both of you, so Cynthia and then Ethan. Yep. And I'm just going to ask you for a player or a unit. or So this first one, Cynthia, I'm going to ask you for a Jets offensive player. And you're going to give me the player with no context whatsoever. <laughs> and we're going to okay. stick them into a sentence. And you, I'm going to read the sentence out loud, and it's going to give some information. And you can decide, wow, that's maybe not the best person for situation. Or maybe somebody you want to put in that spot a little bit more. But you can make arguments for both. Okay. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, awesome. So, Cynthia, yeah. can you give me a Jets offensive player? Alan Lazard. I love it. Alan Lazard. So, the Patriots held the Eagles to 97 yards rushing in week one, <laughs> <laughs> but surrendered 145 yards to the Dolphins in week two. Alan Lazard needs to have a big day on offense for the Jets to have some similar success on the ground. How does that sound, Cynthia? You know, I could make the argument that blocking matters and also Alan Lazard, like creating, like, like taking defenders away creates more space to work with. So, like, I give it like a C. It's an average pull, but like (laughs) we could probably do better. And and wait, I'm going to I'm going to pick you up here. If Alan Lazard is having a big day through the air, that'll open up rushing lanes for Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook and Michael Carter. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Uh, you know, this is, is what we're doing here. We're we're picking each other up. But what did you just ask? Who would you have preferred to be in that spot? Who's really going to help them run the ball well? I feel like if we, I like, I really feel like. I mean, I would have gone an O lineman just because then it's like, oh yeah, he's having a huge day. All the block because no one likes to talk about O linemen. So I should have gone. I should have done that. Well, you you can do it right now. You can amend the sentence. I I think that Polano was giving you a layup and you decided to like, you know what? I'll just like not take the olive branch. No, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. I'll do the entire O-line having a day and then the run game will be great. Let's do that. All right. That's fine. Can we just get a, um, I'm going to shout out Makai Becton. Like I'd love to see a Makai Becton pancake on Mm -hmm. Sunday, 1 p.m. It could be 3 p.m. Love it. As long as it's during Love the game. It. I need a Mackay Becton pancake like I need pancakes on Sunday morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Catch Matthew Judon wrong. Ethan, can you give me a Patriots defender, please? A Patriots? Give me Matt Judon because we haven't spoken about him Love yet. Love it. So last season, the Patriots defense was second in turnovers forced with 30. This year, they have two takeaways in two, day- two games. The Jets need to be aware of Matthew Judon on the Patriots defense in order to avoid turning the ball over. Yeah, I stand by that because Matt Judon is a ah. freakazoid. Um, yeah. C- Cynthia... As someone who covers the entire league a little more closely than John Polano and myself, Matt Judon, he, I'm pretty sure I was reading somewhere, if I can find it, that he's like fourth in the NFL in terms of sacks since 2000. Oh, hold on. He leads the Patriots with two sacks. He has 30 sacks since 2021, which is fourth in the NFL. Are the Jets more? Yep. And are they, are the Jets better suited to handle Matt Judon than maybe last season? Well, part of the reason why the Jets are better suited to handle Matt Judon this year than last is, I mean, every year that this offense is able, again, with your guy Mekhi Becton there, that's helpful too, but every year that this offense works in the same, the more, the more, you know, re-returning players and the more they work together, the better off that they are and the more that they see them. Remember, Matt Judon had come over from the Baltimore Ravens and was kind of newer to the AFC East. He didn't grow up in this in this uh division so now he's able to they're able to like they know what they're looking at right like 
this this isn't a new entity for them and the more experience they have with him the better off they are at being like oh you know he does this spin move or you know he switch this swim move here so that I, I think every year they'll just get better and better at handling him and Matt Judon one and a half sacks against the Jets last season in two games one of the NFL's best pass rushers I also saw a nice clip of Josh Uche and I love saying Uche whenever I get the chance to say that Uche it's a great name Francisco. Name that movie, John Polano. I got nothing for you. Cynthia, you know that movie, right? No. What? What are you talking about? We do not have movie buffs on Francisco. this podcast. Francisco. Really? The, apparently not. Elf? Oh, Elf. my bad. My bad. What World's is best that? cup of coffee. Wait. You've never seen Elf? I love Elf. Oh, well, yes, that's yes. from Elf. Elf is great. Francisco. That's wow. fun to say. Fran- oh, my God. <laughs> This is embarrassing. All right. Well, to save Cindy and I the embarrassment, we're going to continue How about this forward. one? I'm in a glass case full of emotion. You know that one? No. Oh! <laughs> Cynthia, you know that, right? What? What? This podcast has gone off the rails. Anchorman? I've never seen Anchorman. I love Anchorman. I, I just love watched Anchorman 2 last weekend. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Time out. <laughs> I'm running down the sideline. John Polano's never seen Anchorman. What? John, you have homework, my friend. John, okay, you're okay. out of school, yes. but you, you have, have homework. You have to do it. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. maybe I'm a little too young. Maybe I should be a 2000s kid. Oh, uh, anyway, ask Cynthia the next Mad Lib, please. I need a moment. <laughs> Cynthia, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Can you give us a Jets defender, please? Can I give you a Jets fit? Let's see. Which one <laughs> do I want to pick? I'm trying to go. Well, I'm gonna go with Sauce. Why not? I love Sauce. He's my favorite. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> he said yikes. So the Jets have six sacks in two games yikes. while the Dolphins dropped Mac Jones okay. four times in week two. The Dolphins came up with four sacks. Sauce Gardner will need to play well in order for the Jets to create pressure. In fairness, defensive fronts and backs work together. So when you're blanketing a receiver or any sort of pass catcher, <clears throat> Hunter Henry, you're going to need to take a few extra seconds. And you know what happens in a few extra seconds if Sauce Gardner's all over someone? A sack by someone else. So I like it. I'm going to go B. Okay, okay, you're giving yourself a B. I, my letter grade yep. was probably like an A+. Plus. Uh, I have to give that to you, uh, but, unfortunately. But what was the, how did you end that sentence? Sauce Gardner will be crucial for the Jets to create pressure. Okay, it could be be crucial for the Jets to create turnovers. Very true. Because last week we almost, or we did see Sauce Gardner nearly have a pick six, which yeah. I know we talked about it. You, you don't quite, you think he might be going out of bounds, Polano. Well, he said post game that the reason he wasn't focused on catching it was he was a little too focused on trying to take it back to the house and not go out of bounds on his way out. Right. But Salah's like, he's convinced it would have been a pick six. Yeah. Granted, in my mind, it's a hypothetical. So hypothetically, he scored. He scored with the rock. <laughs> he scored with the rock. You know, you got to make world, the narrative yeah. fit for you. Absolutely. All right. I like it. Hit me with the next one. All right, we're going back to the Pats. Okay. Pats offensive player. We're in the defensive game plan now. An offensive player. Give me Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, the newest Patriot. So this year, New England's 71% touchdown success rate in the red zone is tied for the fourth highest mark in the league. Mm -hmm. While the Jets can counteract that with the number seven best red zone defense at 37.5% conversion, Ezekiel Elliott will give the Jets trouble on defense if they do not game plan for him. Oh, well, I think the better answer would have been Ramondre Stevenson just because he gets more of the workload. But I'll give my I'll give it like a B B minus. 
you know? When he was in Dallas, yeah. I think you're going way too low because, really, the only area Ezekiel Elliott has been actually Mm -hmm. effective in in the past few seasons has been the red area. So I think, like, like what they've been doing is, you know, we saw Tony Pollard kind of was the guy that got you into the red area, Mm -hmm. and then Zeke was, like, the finisher because they can push him easier, I guess. I don't know. See, this is why Cynthia and I are a great team. She helps me out. I help her out. I actually think it's interesting. Tony Pollard last week. The Jets have not allowed a rushing touchdown in 2023. That number will obviously change over the course of 18 games or 18 weeks, 17 games. But Tony Pollard, the Dallas offense had 40-plus attempts, okay, rushing the football. Tony Pollard averaged 2.9. The Cowboys averaged 3.0. The Jets' rushing defense. There have only been nine games since I don't remember what the year was, but in recent memory where teams in the NFL have – held opponents to 3-0 average or less and with 40-plus attempts. The Jets are one of those. The Jets are the only team, and last week, Jets-Cowboys was the only game. 40-plus attempts, 3-0 or less average, and zero rushing touchdowns. Not to mention, Cynthia, the Pats' rushing numbers, not great. So this, again, seems like the Jets will be able to play their brand of football. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and we that also leads to Mac Jones, right? Like, if they can't rush, play action doesn't work as well. I think this is a good opportunity for the Jets defense. Like, I, I said it on Fantasy Live even. I was like, do not sleep on this Jets defense. I understand things were looked wonky against the Cowboys last week, but that's a really hard week just in general. Short week, lots of changes, whatever. No, now we're going back to the Jets. You are playing them in fantasy mm-hmm. 100%. How about this stat before we continue? How many more Mad Libs do we have? We have one bonus one and one... One more game plan. One. Okay, so how about this stat? Jets defense last year, Cynthia, weeks one and two, ranked 25th in the NFL in points per game allowed with 27. Weeks three through 18, which is where we are currently in the NFL season, 17 and a half points per game allowed. That ranks second in the NFL. It takes time. That's all I'm saying. It takes time. You don't mess with the Jets defense. No, no, no. That, that is that, kind that, of a rhyme. I like that. Don't you mess. don't mess with the Jets defense. I like it. All right, Polano, fire it up. Might have to put that on a shirt. So, Cynthia, (laughs) any player on the Jets roster, anybody at all. Any player on the Jets roster. Anybody. Okay, so we haven't talked, like, what are we, I'm trying to think, like. I thought you you were going to want to go with one of your faves, like Elijah Vera Tucker or John Franklin Myers. I was about to say Elijah Vera Tucker. Wow. That was actually the one I was thinking. I think it's a sign. Are you going with AVT then? I'm doing it. Okay. I, we, we both thought it, so absolutely. So this is just kind of a final point. The Patriots off to an 0-2 start for the first time since 2001, as Ethan said. Elijah Vera Tucker will come up with the biggest play of the game to send the oh, Patriots yeah, yeah, yeah. to an 0-3 start for the first time since 2000 when it was Phil Belichick's first season as coach of the Patriots. Nobody loves a big man touchdown more than me. I, yeah. I, I implore you to find a big man touchdown that's loved by anyone more than me. <laughs> So, hey, but wouldn't AVT need to dress as, like, an extra offensive lineman out wide, like, as a as we're details. Like a Don't worry about these details. If you cut- or like something <laughs> weird could happen, and then he catches oh, it. Okay. And then, like, I, I, if I the got, defense touches it, he could. I got, yeah. I got it, Cynthia. You ready for this? Just like Jets Cow. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is, this is what I imagine in the meeting room downstairs. Jets Cowboys, they're watching the film. They're like, look at Tyler Biotish rolling down running behind whoever the ball got stripped from. I don't remember who. He falls on the ball. The Jets don't recover. Sauce rips it out. 
AVT has that burn in his mind. Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook or whoever is running down the sideline and who's hustling out in front just like Denver in Week 7 when unfortunately he tore his triceps? Elijah Vera Tucker. As John Polano noted last week, Solomon Elijah Vera Tucker is rolling down the sidelines. The ball comes out. AVT scoops that thing up. He scores. Jets win. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That was poetry. I love that. that. that I love that. Poetry. Yes. And yeah, just Solomon like the Pats Thomas last week. was actually one I was thinking about too, just so you know. For, a pick, for a, Yeah, we figured that. There we go. But just like the Pats last week, Cole Strange almost picked up a massive first down for them okay. against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So definitely possible. I have one more for you guys. It is just kind of a bonus one, okay. less football related. But do we so both answer? I'm not I'm gonna give you guys the sentence first, and you're both gonna you're both gonna okay. give either a combined answer or your separate okay. answers. So the New England Patriots all right, all right. may be the Jets' biggest rival in the NFL. But John Polano loves a cannoli from the North End. Shout out Cafe De La Sport. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. When you guys are going out to eat in Boston, Cynthia Freeland and Ethan Bre- Greenberg are picking up a... Oh, this is just like a fun... This is like some bo- Yeah, some Boston food. Some Boston food? I'm not all too familiar. I went to BC, so this one's a little easier for me than for, <laughs> mo- for most. Yeah, I was going to say, I-, I don't know... My answer is it a type of cuisine or like a specific dish? Anything, clam chowder, cannolis, anything. It's Cynthia, like what? What are you thinking? Okay, there's two places my mind goes. Faneuil Hall to get yep. New England clam chowder out of a bread bowl. Okay. Mostly just like the bread bowl in that situation because I mean it's fun and who's like bread bowl? Faneuil Hall is like the food market, in the right? North End. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and then you could also go to Mike's Pastry mm. and get literally anything there. Oh, so good. Okay, well, yep. thank it's, you it's for the North reminder. End, see, like the seafood, Italian seafood there is really good. Okay, well, one, I just really want to say chicken palm because palm. I love palm. chicken palm and I needed to throw in a chicken palm if I could. Yeah. Two is if I'm actually answering your question, I know nothing about Boston cuisine in terms of, but, but I will go to Faneuil Hall mm. and I will get what is it? The Boston Chipyard? Is that the cookie spot? Because my dad is obsessed with those and he used to bring home yeah. like tins of them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to Google this. Boston Chipyard. Yep. The Boston Chipyard. I think. Oh, yep. There it is. Yep. So I'm going to go to the Boston good. Chipyard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some cookies for the family. I'm going to eat a couple on the way back home. And also, fun fact I have a bottle of Coca Cola in my room from Faneuil Hall, 2006. I purchased it. With the starting 06 Red Sox lineup Woo! on it. And batting leadoff is wow. Coco Crisp. <laughs> I love it. I and, love it. Uh, yeah, it became a That's joke amazing. like among my friends. Like, why haven't you consumed this bottle? And it's definitely flat, but we're going to drink it Don't soon it. next time we golf. My friend Brian and I. So shout out to coffee. And you're going to get careful sick. That. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just a sip. How about that? Yeah. We'll Maybe make Brian drink Maybe it. just a sip. I appreciate you guys indulging in this. My mom, Make John Polano drinking in honor of his birthday because that was like the same year he was born, you know? <laughs> ouch, ouch. Yeah, Cynthia, oh dig him, dig him. <laughs> All right, Polano's. You know I love you, John Polano. Uh, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't make fun of you. <laughs> that's a good sign. Polano, you're staying on for our final segment, Cynthia. We got one more because this is the Game Preview Podcast presented by LifeLock. Give me a lock of the week. Doesn't have to be Jets. Doesn't have to be Jets Patriots. It could be... Maybe a team that you like to upset. Maybe it could be a fantasy lock that you think is a great uh, matchup. I want your lock of the week. And again, it could be Jets Patriots related. It could be something totally different. 
So I'm going to go with, I'm going to stay away from this Jets Patriots tilt for things that I feel are locked because truly this one feels like it's six of one, half a dozen of another, right? It could easily, like the defenses will dictate this and the defenses are the strength of both teams. So I'm going to stay away from this one. Although I do think that the Jets do end up winning, but, but that's like gut and the math is all over the place. There's a lot of volatility there, but one that I think people are sleeping on or maybe giving a little bit too much credit to for the Lions being a preseason favorite, I think the Lions are way too favored against the Falcons. Mm. When I'm looking at the Falcons coming to town and Bijan Robinson running all over your life. And by the way, I just checked the injury report. Cordero Patterson, you know, he's always like a thing in the beginning of the season. He hasn't been playing, but he's somehow on like track to potentially be active, which just means that it's going to mess up your fantasy life if you have Bijan, but Tyler Algier is still there. You know, Arthur Smith, he runs the ball 55% of the time. That's the most in the NFL. The lions are now missing James Houston. So the pass rush is going to look different situationally. And also their O-line for the Falcons is great. The lions O-line, they were missing their left tackle Taylor Decker last week. So that's part of what happened with Seattle. I don't think that, you know, the, the, if, if we're likening it to the stock market, I don't think that we've we've reached the right, like it hasn't settled yet, right? Like the Adam Smith invisible hand hasn't settled it yet. And I think that the Falcons go in to Ford Field and for the second week in a row, all of those people from Michigan, my home state, are like, come the frick on this again? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. And <laughs> I just noticed that Amon Ross St. Brown also on the injury report day to day with a toe issue. So that's feeding so fuel. You have to, if you're going to lock that in, lock it in now before anything adjusts. Not that I know what any of that I, I just said means, but I would lock this in. You know, this is why you listen to the preview podcast. Yes. So you get the good stuff early. Yep. Don't wait till Sunday. You and, won't, you won't be able to get that. And if, just if to Amon help Ross you out here, Cynthia doesn't know, like she knows those are betting terms that she's heard other intelligent people say. That's why she's saying them. She's not saying she does that because she, she does not. No. Do that. I am very, I am a hundred percent in compliance with our we do all those trainings. I am like number one listening. I like listen and participate and click all the things. All right. That's how we end the game preview podcast. Any closing words for you, Polano? Just shout out to my mom from Northeastern. I of course I work for the New York Jets, but I, I love Boston and my parents grew up there. And so go Celtics, but no Patriots. That might be the last time I give you a shout out at the end. John Polano's mom. <laughs> I'm dead. I feel bad. I just made fun of him. I don't mean to. John Polano's mom. I'm sorry. I love John Polano's mom. Yeah. I love John Polano's love. mom and dad. You know, the parents are in. It, I don't think it was a bad make fun of. I just feel bad now because that was the sweetest thing I've ever heard. You should not feel bad for that because Polano on New York platforms just shouted out Boston. Let, let alone Jets Patriots. He shouted out Boston. <laughs> that's uh, no he shout out his mom okay and his mom's job like that's it's fair. different it's different all right that's fair you gotta love someone Kathy, who loves Kathy their Plano? family I, shout out to marianne freeland you know marianne <laughs> art freeland is from yonkers you know this right uh, yeah yes. so my dad is a new yorker you know like mom is from michigan dad's from new york we clearly one side of my family got it right the other side whole little little hillbilly but we're good <laughs> do you want to shout out any family I, well i want to <laughs> shout out somebody in honor of our producer Matt Sickoff, who had his birthday yesterday. Round of applause for Matt Sickoff and Bunny Sickoff. Shout out to the Sickoffs. I thought that might be the case. Yep, of course. So, no, I have no shout outs. Uh, Oh, well, 
My dad, Hal Greenberg, loves cookies. Yeah. That's where you have I get to. it from. It's yeah. mean if you don't. I, no, no, no. Shout out to my dad. He loves cookies. It's where I get it from. Thank you. My mom can have a shout out when the time is appropriate because there will be game preview podcasts around her birthday. This is mom not the appropriate time. Mom needs to earn time. the shout out, right? Yeah, she does. I can't, I can't be just blowing shout outs. You know what I mean? You got to save something for the holster here. I'm saving the mom shout out. That's the perfect way to end Week three, game preview podcast presented by LifeLock. Jet Patriots, week three, MetLife Stadium, one o'clock. Be sure to be in your seats early because it's going to be packed and get loud. Psst, there's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell. To saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, Platinum Status is earned with 12 fill-ups over three months, 10-gallon minimum per fill-up at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com status.